Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right. Welcome to Side Action, episode 14 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Pool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, you made it home, a little herring journey from uh, Arizona, but I saw I saw Window Rock, so that is the, the, the circular rock. That's why it's called Window Rock. It is it's very lovely. Yeah, we uh, had a sunset hike one night. I think it was Friday where we there's like this trail that leads up behind the, there's like this nice little valley in front of the window rock but you can mm-hmm. climb up behind it and get really close there were some kids that were actually like way up on top and it was kind of that was harrowing let me tell you but i found out from melissa's father that their ancestors used to corral the buffaloes right there mm-hmm. in that little bowl and then they would kill them from the window rock i assume and and that would be their food so it was pretty cool lots of history yeah very good. very good thanksgiving how about how was your thanksgiving it was pretty low-key you know we we talked after friday last week i guess so you know I, I played some volleyball uh both days actually did go out checked out the zoo lights on sunday which is kind of a tradition i like to go out there check that out it's pretty and then on sunday played some volleyball and then there was <laughs> kind of a Friendsgiving slash beer Olympics on Sunday afternoon. I'm not good at drinking games action. I know that everybody thinks I'm a fun guy, but I didn't drink in college. So I am terrible at flip cup and, uh, and the like, um, did, did a little bit better at this game called boom, which was fun. You bounce this ping pong ball in the cup, did a little better there, but, um, yeah, there was some intense drinking games going on with the volleyball crew, which was fun, kind of a Friendsgiving thing. Um, yeah. and, And then just, you know, didn't really get to watch a lot of football, but, you know, we did better than the, the pack anyway. And I know a lot of good picks last week. I wish we'd have followed all of our picks, but, <laughs> but, um, and just a little comment. I, I've communicated with Dempsey, you know, one of our, our guys on the Vegas trip. He's, he's in for the contest next year. He wants to join the contest. He's, nice. we've got him booked after the side action pod. And I said, maybe if I have a better financial situation, I can talk action into a survivor pick next year. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. We could add that into our portfolio. Would be a little more tricky to to divvy up three picks each week, but I think we could probably make it work, and certainly would give another mind to our uh, our little meeting here every week. Oh, I think he's doing it on his own, buddy. Oh, but, I see. But okay. He <laughs> could participate too, but I was thinking he's doing his own entry actually. But who knows? You know, we can clarify with Dempsey. He's the man. Uh, oh, and I forgot. I did get to hang out with our guy. Uh, our you know. Artemis Prime nice. and Milo. So Milo's sighting at the Four Shadows on Friday night. That was lovely. Uh, they did a really nice decorated place. It was basically us and the bartender. So it was a really fun night just chilling. So I got to catch up with uh, the people that matter out there. The Four Shadows, Artemis Prime, and, um, you know, 2.0 Milo's. So. Very nice. <laughs> well, let's go into week week 12 recap. I mean, first of all, we did have a better week. We went 3-2. and two. We'll talk about the contest later. But... We're, we're kind of staying afloat, moving up slowly, um, but things are kind of flipping it. If, if, I don't know about you, but if you look at these numbers, they're starting to go the other way finally. It, it's been a long season of underdogs and, and unders, but 
the dogs still, I mean, they're splitting now more or less. You know, they were seven and eight against the spread this week. We've seen them dominate other weeks. So it's kind of flipping back a little bit, but those road dogs, I had them at two and five. I'm not sure your numbers action, but two and five, um, you know, at least with the circle lines. So that's kind of a change. And then the unders were almost a split eight and seven this time. And then overall road teams five and 10 this week. So a little bit of a counter narrative and you know, this is going to happen at some point, right? Where it's not going to line up because at some point the books are going to adjust things and people overcorrect. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have been waiting for this to happen at, for the last several weeks. I think mm-hmm. though, also just thinking back, there was a lot of short spreads last week. And so True. that maybe played a factor, not quite as insurmountable for some of those favorites to get to the window when they're only right. laying like one and a half, two points as in like Washington on Monday night. That's true. Very true. A lot of short spreads. And then, you know, it's, as I said, there's not a lot of games direct, directly affected by the spread when you have those short spreads, especially. I just had one game this week, the Bears game. Um, <laughs> but other than that, um, you know, some interesting action and, you know, we'll talk about it here. So I had some highs. Actually, we've got the, the Bengals, man. Well, we'll talk about this. Is this team for real? But their rushing attack has really turned the corner. I thought this offensive line wasn't that great starting the season. But they figured out the running game, and the Steelers obviously could be the other side of the coin that they can't stop the run anymore. Joe Mixon has now rushed for eight uh, eight games in a row with a rushing type touchdown. He had a huge game, 165 yards and two touches. They had 198 on the ground, but 38 carries. I mean, they dominated Pittsburgh 41 to 10. Yeah, complete domination, and their defensive line is playing well too. They held the Steelers to 51 rushing yards in their own right. And I, to answer your question off the bat, I think this team is for real, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Seven and four now, and squarely in the playoff picture, it's yep. uh, pretty remarkable considering that a lot of us really didn't have much respect for Zach Taylor and his coaching ability. Yeah, agreed. Um, I did kind of make a bold statement in my article this week on Wexpool that they're going to win the division, uh, mainly because they've already got a game on Baltimore and they've won a lot of games in the division already. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, they have a tough schedule going forward. We can talk about that as we go, but I like that team quite a bit. Yep. How about this week, the Finns offense, the Dolphins? You know, we kind of downplayed Tua's, you know, impact on this offense, but it's hard to argue after, you know, three straight weeks now, they've scored 22 points or more, uh, four straight wins now. And, you know, Tua seems to love Waddle. You know, that's the Alabama connection. Mm-hmm. He had 137 yards receiving uh, from Tua last week, and they crushed Carolina. I, I was, you know, index like Carolina. That was wrong. 33 to 10 for Miami. And Miami's, they're probably, they're out of the playoff picture now, but they're not that far off. I mean, they're definitely getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and I was listen, doing a little listening this week, and they have a really easy schedule down the stretch, too. So, Miami is certainly a dark horse to make a comeback and try to get a run at the playoffs. I also uh, was reading this week that Tua, it's hard to think about, but this he's actually only started in 16 games in his career. So yeah. he, he came on like in the second half of last season. And then, of course, he had a couple of injuries this year. So he's 9-7 and seven now as a starter. And it's hard to believe based on just what I have in my mind where he is in terms of the pecking order. Um, I saw a comparison to Kyler Murray, for example, where Tua actually has comparable or even better numbers in their uh, first 16 starts. Interesting. That's that's good. I mean, he definitely has an impact on the offense, and they're playing better overall on both sides of the ball. 
All right, let's, you know, drum beat again for action is his Patriots. Uh, Patriots scoring defense. This team, obviously they played a, a wounded Titans team. Let's just put that preface. But this team has given up 26 points in the last four games. I mean, they vaulted to number one in the NFL with points against, and they dominated the Titans 36 to 13. Now they get the, the Bills, which we'll talk about later this week. But this defense is playing at a, at a really high level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they did give up 5.7 yards per play, which certainly is not a great outing from, from that metric perspective. But, I mean, only keeping Tennessee to 13 points on the scoreboard is uh, something that they're good at, that bend-but-not-break approach. And on the flip side, Mac Jones and those tight ends and the running game is just playing at a really high level right now. So I think yeah. they are certainly a dark horse. I was looking on DVOA earlier, and they have the Patriots with the highest percentage chance to win the Super Bowl now, 25%, which I thought uh, was very interesting. Yeah, we have to check out the futures. I mean, I, I still have questions. I know you love Mac Jones. I, we'll see what happens against a better defense. And maybe if he's got to be in a shootout situation, even though the Patriots defense doesn't afford that. Um, but I agree. I mean, I, I wrote them that, you know, they're definitely, uh, it looks like they're going to be playing an AFC championship game the way I look at it. The Titans are wounded. You know, you, they're not going to, I don't think they're there. The Colts may not even make the, the, the big dance, right? I mean, they might even make the playoffs. You know, you've got the West teams, obviously the Chiefs, obviously, I think the other team you got to watch out for. And I don't know. I mean, even though we talked about the Bengals, can they, can they do it against a, you know, a Belichick defense? You know, I, I don't know if I trust the Ravens. So they're certainly, they certainly have a path to get to at least the AFC championship. That would be very interesting. All right. So on the lows, Eagles turnovers. I mean, we didn't actually jump on this on, on the on board with the Eagles, which was a contest pick for most people, not us. But they kind of not dominated, but they still rushed for 208 yards this week against the Giants. But these turnovers, man, four turnovers, two in the red zone, ended up you know losing 13 to seven at the Giants, which is wasn't really the offensive bounce we were looking for at the Giants, but. We originally were talking about taking the Giants in our contest. We backed off of it. But, I mean, outside the turnovers, this team should have scored some points in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did end up on the Giants, so cash a ticket there. But I've heard reports and looking at the box score, too, that the Eagles were just running all over them, 6.3 yards per rush. But inexplicably, Jalen Hurts threw the ball 31 times. And uh, he only completed 14 of those passes for a total of 129 passing yards. So certainly some questions have to be raised on the offensive game plan there against the Giants. Right. We'll see. I mean, they they still have an outside chance, of course. I mean, the Cowboys are falling back to the pack, but Washington's gaining some ground. How about that Seattle offense? Boy, these guys stink. I mean, we <laughs> we were on the right side. This is a crazy game, and Ash and I were, were texting during it. So if you watched the game on Monday night, you knew that Washington dominated this game. I mean, they were all over them. They had some bad turnovers in the red zone, actually. Seattle had one first down in the second half before that last drive, and it was this crazy situation where apparently, what's his name, that the kicker gets hurt. Sly. Sly gets hurt, so they don't kick a field goal. So they're up 17 to, what, nine. Yeah. They had already gotten a blocked extra point return for two, so they decide to go for it on fourth down. They seemingly get it. Of course, it gets reversed, and it was a good reversal. They didn't really catch the ball. So then they – but then Seattle goes right down, the, right down the field. But besides that, I guess to the point I'm trying to make, they ended up 
Washington did cover the number, 17 to 15. Thank God, even despite a onside kick that was recovered, but then there was a penalty, um, and they went for two and missed it. But it seems like Pete Carroll's lost his team. I, I don't know what's up. I mean, maybe Russell's still hurt. It's it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, I'm not a huge Seattle fan. Sorry, Ridgeway, but you got to be crying in your beer. I mean, this this team is not is a shell of itself. They were they won a lot of games last year. Yeah. I don't know if Russell's hurt or if he's just playing like dog crap or maybe he's sandbagging because he wants to get out of Seattle. I don't know what it is, but it starts with him, and he's been terrible since he came back from injury. And how about it? also on the other side, an underbetter's delight on Monday night? I don't. There wasn't at any point where I thought Seattle was going to go on a drive and actually uh, come back in that game until the last one, I guess. But looking here at their betting splits now, 9-1 and one to the under this season for Seattle. So um, certainly something to monitor going forward. They did have one push in there too. So it's nine, one and one, but definitely an under team. It's crazy. It's crazy. The last is the Rams defense. Look, the Rams had an opportunity. And again, we were, we were on the pack, right? We picked this team. No, we we passed. No, we didn't. Okay. So we didn't pick the pack, but I know we talked about it and everybody was on the Rams because, you know, for whatever reason, I couldn't understand the line to be honest with you, but with two offensive tackles out, sure, made sense. Pick on Green Bay, but the pack just crushed them, 39 to 39:40 in time of possession to 20:20. That's 39 minutes to 20. That's almost two thirds, right? I mean, it's just domination, dude. I mean, I, I've never seen something like that, especially with a team that used to run the ball, the Rams. The score, 36 to 28, was the final. Obviously, the pack covered the. And they were the dog in this game at home, right? Or it was a pick. In the end. It wasn't close. It was like 36-17. They got some late scores to get it close, but that time possession is insane that the Rams' defense stinks. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was just it. I think the handicap that all the Sharps were using was the offensive line injuries for the Packers, and the defensive line for L.A. just didn't get anything done in terms of pressure on Rodgers throughout the game. They did give them three short fields. I think one of them might have been a pick six even, too, so – Certainly gifting the Packers all of those points didn't help the outcome, but um, definitely a very bad performance for L.A., and they're reeling right now and certainly could be trending the wrong direction in their own right to make the playoffs. That's true, and and you've got San Francisco coming on too in that division. They're in the playoff hunt right now. So actually, as of today, Washington's in the playoffs today. (laughs) But you're right. We'll see. I mean, everybody's darling before the season for the Super Bowl seems to be in, in shambles. Let's go over some injuries, and these these are key. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's on IR. He's done for the year now. You know, this is you know, it's kind of tough. I mean, I, th- I like him as a player, but I do think that overuse a couple years ago is coming back to haunt him in the last couple seasons here. Uh, AJ Brown's on I- IR. Now he could come back though, right? Or is he he's, is he's not out out? I, I believe that he is designated to return. I don't know what the timetable is for him, but I don't think he's out for the year. Okay, good. Um, this isn't a, a player, but I had to note this. You had noted this. Mike McCarthy's out with COVID. Is this going to be an upgrade of this team? Maybe they'll be back. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, I think that joke's been used a lot this week and will for the next couple of days. I, I think that there are some other coaches, too. I've been trying to find out what what the the full picture of COVID is right now on the Cowboys. But as soon as I saw the news, I immediately jumped on the Saints on Thursday night, plus six. 
just thinking mm. that the line would go down and it did but uh certainly something to look out for tomorrow as injury reports come out and see who's actually going to be playing and coaching for the cowboys totally this is a big one for San Francisco. We just mentioned they're kind of surging, too, that uh, Debo Samuel, who's been running the ball more than, than catching the ball, he's out one to two weeks with a strained groin. So that's we'll see how if that impacts that offense that's been churning. They've been scoring 30 points a week for three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, you wrote Dalvin Cook as well for Minnesota. He has a torn labrum, so he's out two weeks. You know, enter Alexander Madison. He's pretty good backup there. Yeah. This is a big one in this game that we've talked about. Um, the Bills' pass, we'll talk about in a minute. Tredavious White, he's their star cornerback. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. That's a huge loss for them and will hurt them, if not against the Patriots, definitely against the Chiefs in like a playoff matchup, right? Yep. And then the last one was Jack Conklin, who just returned. He was just coming back. And I saw in the first quarter, he's rolling on the ground. He tore his patellar tendon, so he's out for the season. So that could impact the Browns, who seem to be kind of – they can still make the playoffs, but I'll tell you, you know, they're not doing nearly what we thought they would do. Um, at least I expected them to be a lot better this year. Yep. Let's go over the index uh, stuff here. We've got – the Weggs index is probably – well, it's a little bit different from what I can see. It still has the Bills at number one, which is kind of shocking, even though they had a big bounce-back performance. But there they are, the Patriots number two, uh, Cardinals three, Bucks four, Packers then – Cowboys um, there's some teams just below that in the cut it's a little bit different than DVOA though there's a little bit of difference there yeah I mean I think uh, the top five are all very similar it starts out with the Bucks instead of the Bills then mm. Patriots Bills Cardinals Cowboys and Rams I was surprised right. to see are still in the sixth spot in DVOA for sure so I guess the pack and the Rams would be the two different guys but Look, I think that obviously my index is uh, season long. I guess theirs is two. It must be just yards per play. We'll see. I mean, this this weekend you're going to be pitting off supposedly the number one and two defenses without Tredavious White, but for the Bills. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it looks like the Weggs index and DVOA are still pretty close anyway. Yeah. I did note that DVOA has Green Bay down at 11, which I also thought was interesting. Well, you know, maybe they're like the, the Titans, you know, a little bit of smoke and mirrors with the winds. And, you know, they're obviously, you just mentioned the pick six. Those are always, and that boosts up the Patriots, too. They score a lot on defense, too. But their offense isn't that great this year. I mean, surprisingly, even with Rodgers. Now, we are taping this action on Wednesday night. Uh, the December 1st, happy December. Um, so we don't have the circle lines until tomorrow. We'll review them, you and I, on Saturday morning. But um, so for you guys listening, you're going to listen to this. We're just doing projected lines of where the lines are at this point. So we don't know if the circle lines will be this exact number. Just kind of as a caveat. I, um, but, I, did, uh, I did go through and I opened my Circa app and I put in the exact number that Circa has, at least okay. as of late this afternoon. So there could be some changes, but I figured that was at least close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> and we'll be able to talk about that, you know, for people listening, you know, you guys, those DGENs that are listening tomorrow morning when we put this out, you can you can get in on your Thursday action. You know, we, we won't pick them in the contest, but we'll talk about the game here. So um, so there you go. That's a segue. That's that's what we call the, uh, you know, a lead in in the business. Uh, Dallas is going to New Orleans. You kind of mentioned this already on Thursday night. Uh, it opened as a five-point favorite for Dallas on the road, 48-point total. You're showing four and a half. Uh, right now, I guess it's circa and 47 and a half. 
So the, the number is moving to the Saints a little bit. It looks like Taysom Hill is supposed to start this week. Uh, do you think that gives him a, a bounce on offense? I mean, I'm assuming Kamara's still out. I don't know if he's he's around or not. Yeah, Kamara is definitely a key name in this matchup that I think will play a, a big factor in which side this will end up being. But I think that Hill definitely is a boost over Simeon. Um, mm-hmm. He's certainly not going to drop back and pass it like Simeon has, but I think that's a, probably a pretty good game plan when you're going up against the Cowboys' defense. Um, I would expect the Saints are going to play a little bit of smash-mouth football on Thursday. And um, despite the COVID issues, I do like the Saints in this game. Um, I, I think that they have a good chance to keep this a little bit lower scoring. I think the under is definitely worth a look, too, at 47.5. And, a half. and um, I think the Saints can keep this close at home. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did like it, like you said, at five or five and a half or whenever I first saw it. Uh, so I, this is a, this is an index pick, picking against the Cowboys. So, um, you know, obviously <laughs> the McCarthy factor, I don't know. We'll see if that plays out, that that actually, you know, plays into the handicap or not. But I do think the Saints, they're, they're the, one of the toughest teams to handicap this year, actually. And they've just been hard to predict. Uh, sometimes they step way up and sometimes they play like crap. And, I'm hoping they play better this week. I'd probably stay away from this one personally, but I like your number. You got it at six, huh? Plus yeah. six. Yeah, as soon as I saw the McCarthy news, jumped on it. That's awesome. Uh, here's a here's a real great game in the NFC North. Uh, Minnesota's going to Detroit. Uh, Minnesota opened as a seven and a half point favorite on the road, 48 point total. Uh, it's Vikings minus seven now at circa 46 and a half point total. So look, man. I, Vikings, you know, we, they, they failed us last week. I'm not totally down on them, but it was an opportunity. They definitely missed their opportunity there. They can still make the playoffs, but I don't know why. Index loves loves Detroit in this situation. I'm not saying that they love them, but they just think that this is, uh, you know, a few, a few too many points here. I'm not sure why seven or seven and a half. I know that offense has been humming, but the defense hasn't been that great, at least the last couple of weeks. I've got more of those at five and a half points, so I see a little value on your, your hometown Lions now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that sentiment. They've now covered three games in a row, bucking mm-hmm. the trend of the uh, the zigzag theory on the Lions that started out the season, and they're now seven and four against the number as a whole. And I also think that they have some decent matchup uh, edges against this Vikings team. Remember in the first meeting, in week five, they were 10-point dogs at Minnesota and nearly won the game before a late field goal by the Vikings ended up getting the win. And uh, I think that seven points here might be a little bit too much. I agree. Nice. Wow. Are we going to put a yellow on Detroit, or is this not a green? Could we possibly put a green on Detroit? No, I think we should keep a yellow. <laughs> Let's put that as a, a cautionary tale. We'll see where the number comes out, especially for Sarka. True. All right, here we go. Arizona's coming off the bye. Uh, they're going to Chicago. And incidentally, Action, did you know what? The Cardinals originated in Chicago. You may not have known they were the uh, Chicago Cardinals that played at Comiskey Park back in the day. Um, so anyway, they're coming back home to play Chicago, or play, to play the Bears. And it's, uh, they opened as a seven-point favorite on the road, 46-point total, 46-and-a-half-point total. Circa's got it at eight for the Cardinals, 45-and-a-half-point total. I don't know. Eight's bigger when it was at seven-ish. I was definitely on the Cardinals. Um, they're still showing up as an index pick just because they probably should be like a 10-point favorite. 
I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of points. It's a weird number at eight. Uh, I'd be happy to stay away. Yeah, I do think that Justin Fields is supposed to be back under center this week, okay. um, and, as well as Kyler Murray for that matter coming out of the bye. And you know, the game really on paper just lines up to be a smash spot for the Cardinals, and yep. I have every expectation that the betting market is going to view it that way too. Right now, seventy-six percent of the tickets are on the Cardinals, and ninety-six percent of the money. And uh, that kind of has me thinking that this could be a, a sneaky contrarian play for the Bears, to be quite honest. Uh, it, it has to be. If 90, 96% of the money is on the Cardinals. God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can see them coming out as a dud spot with Kyler Murray coming back. Maybe the Bears play a little bit better. Uh, it's not. They didn't get a buy, but it's kind of like a mini buy because they get the extra rest from Thanksgiving. They, they, they look like dog shit, frankly. Um, on Thanksgiving, so everybody's going to count them out. So maybe I can get on board. If we if we need a fifth, maybe we can throw that in. Let's put a little yellow on, okay. the, on the Bears. And you know that Cliff Kingsbury has emerged as top candidate for several universities now after the big college coaching carousel moves, which I don't know is realistic. I think it's just a, an effort to get more money out of the Cardinals, but it could be a distraction. It's a good, good strategy, good strategy because – I mean, I can see him leaving, but you've got the best record in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you want to ride out the season at least, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why Notre Dame is not selecting somebody yet, right? <laughs> All right, so the next game is Tampa against Atlanta. This is NFC South matchup. You know, Tampa was in a 9.5-point favorite on the road, 15.5-point total. It's all the way up to 11.5. Wow. And, um, you know, to Tampa, five, a 15.5-point total. Dude, that's a big number. I, it's it's about where it should be, but it's just that's a huge number. I, I can't get on board with it. I, I know that the Bucks are starting to turn the corner a little bit, and Atlanta has continued to. I don't know. They, they haven't impressed me. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It's a big number. Uh, my initial reaction is that I think you might see a little bit of value on Atlanta at home and. We did talk about last week how the Buccaneers have not performed well on the road this season in terms of covering numbers. And um, in the first game, though, Tampa Bay did take them to the woodshed. And they won 48-25 to at home. And so perhaps there is a little bit of a, a, a matchup edge here against the Falcons. Probably better to stay away. Yeah, and they, and they just – they're coming off a big comeback win over your Colts. We didn't mention that's our reaction. I started to rub the salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. But – they destroyed him in the second half. A lot of points there. And um, I think Brady's on a mission. So I definitely want to – it would be, yeah, bucks or pass. I just don't like the, the number. But uh, yeah. All right, here's a big one, um, although this is somehow at the top. Uh, I think, I'm going to skip <laughs> Yeah, I, these are in uh, Vegas rotation order. I think it may have been a little bit of a flex move into Sunday Night Football. My bad, my bad. I'll skip that one then. Okay. We'll get that to – your Colts getting back, trying to get back on the horse against the Texans, a good opponent for that. Uh, Indy opened as a seven-point favorite on the road, 47-point total. It's up to nine at Circa. Total's down around 46 or 45 and a half, so it's a little down. You know, do you think the Colts bounce back? I mean, they, they obviously they need to keep winning, you know, to try to stay in the hunt. I think the number's right where it should be. I have it at about 10, so it's right about where it should be, but... Divisional rival at home. I mean, at home, you think the Texans could 
surprise somebody? I mean, they, they did cover the last time they played, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think in Indianapolis covered that game, the 11 and oh. a half in the first meeting. But um, now with Tyrod Taylor back, I think that the Houston Texans offense has been playing better of late. They did cover two weeks ago, obviously the outright win over Tennessee, and the loss to the Jets last weekend was certainly disappointing for Texans fans. But I agree. I think at nine points here, it's tough to back our Indianapolis Colts. I think they've been on our card every week, and this one probably should be a pass. All right, let's pass, even though I – come on, John Taylor, get back on, get back in it. Although he, he scored a touchdown. So. Yeah, late. Yeah, very late. All right, here we go. Uh, the betters, darlings, uh, Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Meadowlands and playing the Jets. They're the Meadowlands two weeks in a row. Uh, Six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, 45-point total. In circuit, seven points on the road right now for the Eagles, 45-point total. I don't know. I mean, the Jets kind of surprised. I, I talked about this. I thought Wilson would play better. He and the team played better. They did They did beat the Texans in that game. Seven seems like a little bit of a lot, but the Eagles, I mean, it's right where it should be for me. I, I don't see that much value, especially on the Eagles. But can you get back? I mean, I know you were Captain Jets last year. Are you are you back on the Jets bandwagon? Now that Wilson back or what? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's easy to look at it against the Texans, and uh, yeah, I, I think the one the one handicap that I'm looking at for Eagles games the rest of the season is their opponents' rushing defense ability, and the Jets yeah. are 30th ranked against the rush. So, mm. uh, knowing that the Eagles like to run it, and they have routinely been breaking off six yard runs. I think that this is going to be a tough spot for the jets. I would probably look to the Eagles to be honest. Okay. But would you put it on the card or would you pass? I think that we should uh, consider highlighting the Eagles yellow. If this is uh, six and a half or under, I certainly would have interest. Although seven would give me a pause. Yeah, I can go with, with that. Let's, let's do that. Let's go yellow for the, for the Eagles. I'll be in Philly, so I can kind of I can sense what's happening in this town. You know, they, they don't talk about you. You listen to the Lombardi line at all? Uh, not, no, not really. But they always dog the Eagles because every time they win, there's like a parade for the championship <laughs> getting prepared for. But when they lose, people throw all their you know beers and stuff in the streets. So they got to sweep it out for the next week when they think they're going to win. So <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, all right, so this is a big game in, in the AFC playoff picture. The Chargers are going to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 48-point total. It's up to three action, which, you know, a key number in the NFL, 15-and-a-half-point total. I mean, I still like the Bengals in general. I think that they – we just talked about their rushing attack. I think this is a little bit value to the Bengals, actually. I have it as a bigger number. Um but do you think they're due for a letdown spot? I mean, the Chargers, they they were bad last week. So, you know, to me, people would probably jump on the Chargers because they're going to play better. But that rush defense is bad still, right? Yeah, 32nd still. Um, I know that you've mentioned in previous weeks, but their game plan is just to give their opponents mm-hmm. uh, the run. And I think right. that I would expect the Bengals are going to be happy to keep the ball on the ground in the hands of Mixon and um, – I'm sure that they're going to have success in doing so. Uh, I, I do see that 74% of the tickets are on Cincinnati um, this Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I, I, I agree with you, though. I think that there's some value there at three or, or perhaps even just under three. 
Uh, maybe we'll get lucky and see a two and a half pop on this game tomorrow. But I like the Bengals in either case. Nice. Let's put it as a green. Okay. All right, Bengals. Let's do this. Be interesting. It, it, you know, Joe Burrow, second year, taking him to the playoffs. It's pretty impressive if he can do it. You know, we'll see what happens. All right, so this is another uh, humdinger of a game. We've got the, uh, the Giants going down to Miami. Uh, Giants coming off their big win. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. 43-point total is the over on the total. At Circa now, it's four for the Dolphins. It's a four-point favorite at home. And uh, but really low total, 42 to uh, somewhere else it's 40-and-a-half. So it's pretty low. Wow, that's a lot to lay for the this Dolphins team that, you know, they're – I mean, I know they're playing better, and they did play well last week, but can they keep this rolling? I mean, the Giants, ugh, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're bad. It just kind of leaves this bad, itchy thing in the back of my throat when I talk about the Giants. But they've been pretty good covering numbers on the road, mm-hmm. except for trying to get them with Tampa. But um, what do we got here? Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I think the Giants are a weird team that tends to play better on the road than they do at home normally. And – uh, I agree. I think on the flip side that the Dolphins now having to lay four points in a game is certainly a different animal than covering numbers as underdogs. So I would probably have a lean to the Giants here. Not very strong, though. <laughs> a kind of a, a luke- kind of a, a very light yellow. Lukewarm lean. <laughs> well, we don't have – we could pass, too. I mean, we've got some other picks. I just – it's an index pick. The Giants are. Uh, they are. They're they're okay. better on paper than the Dolphins. Now, granted, you, this is a season long thing. Mm-hmm. So they've obviously improved with Tua, and they're on the they're on the roll. They're four you know four in a row. Whereas the Giants are just you don't know what you're going to get each week. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we mentioned it last week. Barkley is coming back, and he had a nice game against the Eagles. And the wideouts yeah. are getting healthier too for Daniel Jones on the outside. So I think we should uh, maybe color them yellow. We'll talk about it more on Saturday. Okay, sounds good. All right, here the Washington football team is tra- traveling to our proxy's favorite team, the America's Team Raiders, uh, and they are a Raiders are they open as a one and a half point favorite, forty eight point total. It's two and a half at circa now, forty nine and a half point total. Look on paper, Raiders are better. Um, this number is actually pretty much right where it should be. I think um, I like Washington, man. I've liked them. <laughs> Season, but uh, they're starting to play better. I don't know if it's with Chase Young going down. I don't know what it is, but it seems like this team, the defensively, has played way better mm-hmm. than the last four games. And Heineke's, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, which he still did, they're they're in the mix. But I don't know if they can win a shootout if, if Vegas can score like they did last week against the Cowboys. I mean, in the previous games, the Raiders kind of looked lethargic on on uh, offense, but. I don't know. What do you think on this game? Do you think that the Washington defense will be able to put a little stop into that Raiders passing attack? I kind of do. Uh, but, I mean, I don't have a lot of evidence for it. I mean, like early in the season, what they mentioned after the broadcast on Monday is that, you know, Washington on third down was so bad in the first four or five games of the season. They've turned that around to where they're at least like, you know, top 14 or something they're pretty good on first and second down but then third down they couldn't get off the field yeah so i don't know i mean the raiders certainly could win this game easily but 
I mean, both teams are in the playoff race, so it should be a competitive game. I mean, two and a half is, is probably the right number anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely lean with you to Washington as well. I'm I'm happy to oppose Las Vegas. I, to be honest, that the game okay. last week um, against the Cowboys was probably the one game on Thursday that surprised me the most. I had every expectation that the Raiders were going to start going downhill like they seemingly do every year. And um, right. I, I would think that in this game, we could see that start to come to fruition again. Right, right. All right, another yellow. We've got a, yellow, a lot of yellows this 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 time action, so we'll, we'll see if we can get some it's <laughs> clarity. tough to go out on a limb when we don't know what the exact numbers are. Right. All right, here we go. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. This is traditionally a very important game in the AFC, but this year not, not as much, but we'll see. The Steelers have to make a stand. They're at home this time, uh, but Baltimore comes in as a three-point favorite on the opener, 45-point total, but now it's up to five uh, with a 44-point total. I love how the the world was saying Tomlin, you know, Tomlin can cover numbers, and, and he usually can, but Cincinnati just punched him in the mouth. Do you think that the, the Ravens can do the same? Do you think the Steelers are done this year, or do you think they've got one more last stand? Five points is a lot, um, even for the Ravens to cover, and they haven't covered a lot of numbers this year. True. Yeah, but I I do think they're done. I I don't expect that they're going to come back and make some sort of playoff push. However, though, if any coach in the league that can keep their guys high, I'm sure it's Mike Tomlin. So I don't expect that they're just going to roll over for any opponent, and certainly not the Ravens. But I do think that the Steelers' defense is overrated, and yep. I think that the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball at ease against them. And so for that reason, I think there's value on the Ravens at such a short number. Yeah, I don't uh, disagree with you. I, w- I was much more excited at the three. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're five here. Um, but, you know, what do I've got it as a pick? Let's see, Ravens. Yeah, I had it as three and a half. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bigger number than I would have had it. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm happy to stay away from that one, too, action, because, you know, you never know those Sometimes the Ravens, it's weird. You know, they, they come out and they'll score a ton of points and then they score nothing. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird team. But I think you're right. Pittsburgh's riding the you know, the coattails of last year's NFL, like the defensive stats probably. Mm-hmm. Well, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars going to the Rams? Ugh, another uh, – so this is a get-right spot for the Rams, I guess. Um, they're going to be home. <laughs> they opened as a 12-point favorite at home, 48-point total. The Rams are now third – a 13-point favorite at home uh, at Circa and 48. I mean, this is right where the number should be for me. I'm not thrilled to pick either side here, but, God, the Rams got to get better. Maybe. <laughs> I think I think I like Jacksonville in this game. This is like the ultimate ugly spot to back them. We, I really right. wanted to in a similar situation against Seattle three or four weeks ago, if you remember, and they got trounced. But I think on the other side, it's just hard to uh, put your money behind a Rams team that has not been able to do much of anything on offense recently. Teams have right. started to figure out how to lock down on Cooper Cup, and so far OBJ has not proven to be a reliable second option for Stafford. And I also think that there's a lot of question marks that need to be raised about Stafford's play recently too. I, I'm reading some reports that he's dealing with a back injury, which could mm-hmm. be part of the problem. But 13 points is a lot for a team to lay that's playing this poorly right now. Yeah, they don't run the ball. 
You know, I talked about this four weeks ago. McVeigh, are you listening? Come on, you're not one of our you know mega listeners here. I mean, they got to run the football, and they don't, and they're not going to win in the playoffs doing that. Hmm. Jacksonville, sometimes they play pretty good. I mean, they play de- decent defense, and they keep it with a number. I guess I can get on board. I, I know it's not going to be. It's going to be a contrarian pick. There's no way nobody's get on Jack. But what's the betting splits now on that? Um, eighty-six percent on the Rams, both tickets and money. Wow. Of course, of course. So, and if, yeah. I think I saw it touch 14 at one point this week. So, given those betting splits and the line move from 14 to 13, potentially some 12 and a halfs out there, it looks like there's some early sharp money on the Jags. What, what are the Jags like ATS this year? Just curiously. You have that information? Four and seven. Yeah, not great. So are the Rams? No. Yeah, no, no. Both teams aren't good against the spread. But, um, all right, I'll go yellow with you. We've got a lot of yellows action. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the stinky dog. I mean, Ashton loves the stinky dogs. Last year was always the Jets, but this year maybe Jags. You know, I talked them off of that Seattle game at least. True. All right, let's go to the last one in the 4 o'clock window. That's San Francisco going to Seattle. San Francisco's on a roll again, like I had mentioned. Seattle's trending down. Seattle opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at, uh, at home. 46-point total. It has flipped all the way to three-and-a-half. It's for the Niners on the road and 45 and a half point total. I'm not sure when the opener was for the one and a half on Seattle because that might have been an old number, but this seems to make sense. This is the right number for this game. I do like the Niners to win and keep winning. They're, you know, actually they are my Super Bowl, not the win pick, but they were the NFC pick way back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I'm hoping they keep rolling, but. Do you see any path for Seattle to put up a fight? I mean, they get the hook in this one, at least from what we see now. Do you think that they can keep this close? This one's really tough for me because I think that historically Pete Carroll has Shanahan's number. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, in this division where they have, you know, the triumvirate and Seattle has just been dominant in this series going back over the last five, six, seven years. Uh, You have to go back to 2019, the last time that San Francisco covered a game. So uh, it's really tough because I I have no interest in backing Seattle at this point with that offense. They've proven to be a team that can't move the ball at all. But I also think that the loss of Debo Samuel is going to be really, really affecting this offense because – when they started humming is when they got Kittle back on the line to do his blocking and they got Debo involved in the running game. And without him, I think that their offense is going to be a little bit more pedestrian. So I really like the under in this game, certainly at 45 and a half, if you can find that 45 is a key number, but uh, I have a really hard time back in the Niners. Yeah, I hear you. Well, let's stay away. Okay. Let's stay away. Plenty of our options. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like jazzed about it. I have it as, it's when I put it, you know, way I do the index now, I'm putting my own spreads and the home field advantage to two points or so. And I basically say, hey, what does this look like against the spread that's out there? It's right there. I mean, it's right there. It's like the exact same number, you know, three and a half is what I got. So it's the right spread. So I don't like, I don't see value either way. So I don't want to jump on it, you know? Yep. All right. So Sunday night football. Night football. So we're back to the flex game, which is a great game. We've got uh, the uh, Denver going to the Chiefs. Uh, Denver coming off the resounding victory was our pick, and and thank you for doing that, Um, Denver. So Teddy Teddy covers, you know, came through again. So Kansas City opened as a nine and a half point favorite in this game, 
49.5 point total. It's still 9.5 at Circa. Some places it's 10. 47 point total. Okay. Explain this one to me, Ashton. Um, Kansas City, We I love Kansas City. They're my Super Bowl pick. They're playing great. They had a bye. Andy Reid is great off the bye. Have they covered a double-digit spread in in a long time? I mean, I don't understand this one. Denver's better than them in the index, bro. I mean, I know that Denver can be up and down, but I can't lay it with the Chiefs here. This is this is Denver or pass here, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely would not lay it at this number. Uh, you're right. I mean, Kansas City's defense has been playing a lot better the last several mm-hmm. weeks, and I think that is certainly something that gives me pause a little bit. With this Broncos offense, we know that Teddy is good as an underdog. Teddy covers. Last week, yeah. Drew Locke covered. He played for a little bit in the game, remember? Yeah. Drew Locke covers right. <laughs> right at the end of the yes. second quarter. Um, but Teddy did come back in the second half, and I think he's going to be healthy to play again this week. And uh, I don't know. It's tough. This is a tough pick for me. I, I don't know that I could get there with the Broncos because I could see this being a blowout. <laughs> Okay to stay away. I mean, again, Andy Reid is incredible off the bye, not just winning and covering numbers. It's just 10 points. I mean, yeah. again, the Chiefs haven't been putting up big numbers. That's the problem. They may win 16-6. to 6. It's possible. They've been playing that kind of D, but I don't see them winning 37-20. to 20. You know, they're not doing that anymore. Um, it doesn't mean they can't, but – did they fix everything in the bye week? I don't think so. So uh, we'll see. Let's let's stay away for now. We'll stay away from the Sunday night game. That's totally fine with me. Okay. But it'll it'll be a it'll be an index pick out there for y'all. All right. The last game probably this is this worked out for the schedule, man. I mean, mm-hmm. thank God New England got better for the NFL because this is a Monday night game and some of these Monday night games have been stinkers. This is a good one. New England is going to Buffalo. New England is the AFC uh, East leader right now ahead of Buffalo by a half a game. But Buffalo comes in at home, three-point favorites on the opener, 46-point total. It's two and a half. It's pretty much where it should be a little bit a little bit lower now, 44-point total. This is a tough one, action. I mean, this is, like I said just now, I think this is the exact number it should be at, maybe a little bit light, actually. You know, three-ish would be probably better. So the two and a half, three, of course, that's a key number. But, I mean, all indications need is the Patriots are going to win this game. I, I don't know, are the Bills going to rise up and play great without Tredavious White? And I don't know. I mean, they have been playing great against guys they can crush. Um, but it's not like New England has have played, you know, great teams either. Yeah, uh, so, interesting to hear what you have to say. I love New England in this game. I think that the matchup advantages that they have against the Bills defense are going to be far superior. The Patriots have proven that they're going to line up and play some smash mouth football and just jam the run down their throats. And the Bills have a defense that was really set up to go against Kansas City, this like high flying passing attack. And so I think the Patriots are the perfect team to go up against this Bills team right now. And I like them on the money line. I would Regardless of the number, I think that I would take the Patriots. Look at this guy going all in, going all in. I'm not against your idea. I think so, too. Um, I will be rooting for the Bills just That's because I like the Pats. But from a betting perspective, 
I don't see how you can, I mean, it's the eye test, I guess, more than the, the metrics right now. I mean, Jesus, this team is just destroying it. And now how has Belichick done traditionally against Josh Allen? Because, you know, that's another angle, right? Has he, have they even, I mean, last year, obviously, they I think they covered both times, meaning the Bills. But traditionally, he probably slowed them down initially, right? Yeah, actually, um, New England did get one last year, ATS. They, they lost twice, yeah. but covered once at um, on the road, losing by three. The year before, mm-hmm. it was uh, New England that won both games, but Buffalo covered once as well on the road. And uh, previous to that, it, it was obviously all New England. I think Allen came into the league in 2018. So right. a little bit of a mixed bag, but um, it certainly seems like that Belichick... I mean, the Bills' offense is down this year across the board yeah. from last season. And I, I right. think that the Patriots' defense has improved week after week. So I expect that uh, the Patriots are going to have an edge on that side of the ball as well. Okay. All right. All right. Um I'm a little nervous, but if I see a three, I think we have to take oh, yeah. the pass. Oh, yeah. I have every... He's going to do it. I think they're going to do two and a half. Right. They're going to make you make a decision. So, ugh. Okay. Well, let's let's put it... I mean, it's definitely a yellow. we got to get yellow. I don't know if I can upgrade. Maybe go... Is there like a greenish-yellow option? <laughs> I'll remember. <laughs> I'll remember that we like this one. Don't worry. I know you love this one. I just... Yeah. We'll see. I mean... Look, I Josh Allen traditionally has played really well in big games. I, I like him for that, mm-hmm. and he's stepped up his game. He's going to have to play really well in this one. I think that the, the fact that they don't run the ball ever, yeah. <laughs> um, he did start to run a little bit. Matt Breida got some run last week, obviously against the Saints that are you know, depleted a little bit. I expect more of that, even though New England's so good against you know everything uh, on defense, but. I don't know. I think your point's right. I've heard that suit as well on Beeson that the Bills' defense is really a passing defense without Tre'Davious White. Mm-hmm. They're not as good even doing that. So, all right, let's let's put it on there. Okay. Let's see what happens. Well, let's review these picks. There's it's pretty close to what we were talking about initially, except for one, I suppose. Um, we got a lot of yellows here. The one green right now is Cincinnati against the Chargers, uh, laying the three at home. The yellows are. Going Detroit plus seven against the Vikings at home. The Bears plus eight against the Cardinals at home. The Eagles minus seven on the road at the Jets. The Giants plus four at the Dolphins. Washington plus two and a half at Vegas. And uh, Jacksonville plus 13 against the Rams. And then we just mentioned the New England Patriots plus two and a half at the Bills. A lot of road teams here, mm-hmm. which is Contrary to what we saw last week, but a lot of road teams um, and then uh, a couple home teams, I suppose. But uh, we'll have to figure out a good blend when we make the final picks. Yeah, it looks like we have a lot of work ahead of us between now and Saturday morning. <laughs> Action apologizes. Like, he's moving the schedule for me because I'm going out of town tomorrow. So he's not as prepared as he normally would be. He will be as sharp as a tack on Saturday morning, I promise you. So follow our post. We always do the post, you know, Action posts on the site, Action a little plug for the Twitter again. Side Action Pod on Twitter. Uh, he always puts our picks once we lock in uh, so everybody can can see our picks and you can make your picks on Sunday. So, well, let's go into the uh, contest update action. You know, I don't know if you noticed because I always check. 
the the top of the the top's getting a little compressed and for once i see that the guys on top are mortal uh the top is 43 and 17 which means that they probably only got one right last week right they went one and yep and the top 50 is at 39 17 now granted the top guy is still at 72 percent that's amazing top 50 only got basically one and a half right they're at 39 17 and one it's about 66 percent so they're coming back we got the three and two we're up at 53 and 0.3 you know, percent so you know we're still about seven picks back we need to make some hay but i got a little bit more hope this week action seeing that the top dogs finally took a step back yeah and i i don't can't remember if you said it but the consensus also one and four right so yep uh, terrible our three and two week looks a lot better when you compare it to our competitors. And I think that's three or four straight weeks where we've been above the 50% mark. So as long as we're staying above that threshold, I have every expectation that we'll be right in the hunt at the end. Yeah. We're, you know, we're about 1200th place or so, you know, for both the quarter. And the, I think if we can do what we've done traditionally where we kind of, have a couple big weeks either to start the fourth uh, quarter or at least finish off this quarter, we can jump back up there. I think we can do it. Um, so one step at a time, we'll hopefully sort out all this mess of yellows and you know yellow greens and aqua or whatever we got on here, and we'll, we'll come up with some picks for Saturday. So. All right, Action Well, I appreciate you moving in. I'm, I'm traveling to Philly for the company here uh, tomorrow, a couple parties, you know, have a good time. Looking forward to the weekend too, where I'm just going to play some volleyball and coach a little bit. What do you got? What do you got on tap for the weekend? Um, getting our house ready for Christmas, and then we're going out meeting some friends for a little uh, SantaCon. There's a bar crawl here in Royal Oak on Saturday, so we'll be doing that, watching some football without a doubt. Nice SantaCon. Are you going to dress up in a Santa hat? I don't know. I got to find one, perhaps. <laughs> At least an elf hat. Come on, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for following us and watching us. Keep doing it. Keep liking us. Send it. Send it to your friends and family. You know, it, it always. Holiday season always takes its toll on the side action, but you know we're still here making picks. We had a good week last week, so follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wexpool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at Thirty One S Roberts. All right. Good luck with this week, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 
by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.org, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0, creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.